Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of the Interventional Endoscopist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Munkhul Sachdev. And today is a special day for a lot of young interventional endoscopists. It's match day. And uh, I'm going through Twitter this evening and LinkedIn and seeing all the people put, you know, their um, badges and and programs welcoming people to uh, to their fold or to their flock. So congratulations to all those who matched. Uh, this is a special episode in the sense that I had another topic planned, which I'll probably record later on tonight and um, release in the next two or three days. But um, it just kind of dawned on me that I should do an episode about the you know uh, four new fellows and uh, especially those who matched and and specifically for those who didn't match. So I'm going to start with uh, the people who did not match. Um, number one. Uh, as a guy who failed to match in general GI three times, I believe, and I I failed so many times I've forgotten. But um, you know, it, 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 it's it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Obviously, it's not what you wanted, and you don't want to hear this today that it's going to be okay. But it will. Uh, you are going to get what you want, and and you're going to learn those procedures that you want to. And if you truly were um, doing it for the right reasons. You'll put your head down, uh, figure out something to do this year, and improve your chances for next year. Also, please keep in mind that there are programs that don't fill, so there is kind of this scramble mechanism, and uh, I believe most of the programs will be finding out tomorrow, or maybe they've already found out, um, who will who didn't match, and they're going to start reaching out to those specific fellows. My program, uh, we did not match, but also we did not um, enter. And there was a mix-up with the ASGE where um, our enrollment into the uh, into the match program didn't happen on time due to a clerical error, uh, partly from our end and partially from their end. And so as a result, we weren't participating. But also there's a little bit of... Uh, you know, a little bit of change in our practice that's going to delay it. So I'm going to get that list tomorrow. And obviously, if uh, we decide to select a fellow in the next few months, I'll be reaching out to those individuals um, as well. But, you know, if you didn't match, the, the hope's still there. And um, and it gives you an opportunity to see, you know, what you can do better and, and um, what what went wrong and, and all that. Um if you didn't match another way to kind of improve your chances for the next time is to start opening dialogues with uh, different uh, key faculty members at programs and seeing if you can even do an away rotation or, or uh, you know, participate in some research with them, get to know them. Um, also, have your mentors uh, look to, to make phone calls for you. Uh, for those of you who have matched, congratulations. Uh, you know, there are a couple podcasts I put out, one about what to do next, uh, which is to start looking for jobs. I think uh, one of my more recent ones has some really nice tips on it. Uh, the first thing I would do for you guys or ask you guys to do is go create um, an e email address that is specific for job searches and a phone number, like a Google voice number or something that's also specific for it. Because in the next two to three months, you're going to have a lot hit you in the face. You're going to have to learn EUS. You're going to have to learn anatomy. You're going to have to learn uh, how to read bad TV reception and make a picture out of it in your mind. 
Um, on top of that, you're going to have to study for your boards if you haven't uh, taken them. Um, but if you're considering not taking it, I would advise against that. It's a lot easier to dedicate an hour to three hours a day or a couple of times a week to study now and uh, as opposed to going a full year when all you're doing is interventional endoscopy and then you have to go back and remember IBD treatment algorithms and things like that. So uh, my, my advice would be to any fourth-year fellow, don't shy away from taking the boards. Take them now. Um, and then um, on top of that, you're going to have to start looking for jobs. It's going to be the first three months of this fellowship are, are intense, not just because of what you're learning, but because of all the other noise that's around it. So, you know, really get um, focused, laser focused on all three aspects of it. Learning the therapeutic procedures, learning, uh, you know, figuring out how to apply for a job and uh, taking your board examinations. The, the next thing that I would uh, also advise anybody who's starting to do these procedures, don't get discouraged. Um, a lot of times, uh, especially in the first three to six months, Number one, you're going to get the scope taken away a lot. And that's not a failure on your part. Sometimes the scope has to be taken away, just like when you were a first-year fellow. Um, it has to be taken away for patient safety issues, or maybe the procedure's taking too long, or time management. You know, a lot of times your attending is on a tight schedule, and, you know, maybe they only have an hour to an hour and a half for a certain procedure, and, you know, because they're giving you the free hand to try that might extend the time and then they have to stay on schedule because patients get upset and things like that and staff is not happy staying until late. And So don't, don't take it personally, the first thing. The second thing is if you do get that scope taken away, take that as an opportunity to uh, ask the tech if you can do the technician portion of the procedure. I felt like for me personally that when I had to run a wire, um, if my attending was a long wire person, or if I had to bow the tome or put the needle out or, or whatever, whatever, you know, um, it made me a better endoscopist, but it also made me engage in the procedure more. So it's definitely something that you don't just want to give up the scope and zone out, you know. So um, and, and, the, and the other the third thing is to really use this time to learn how to manage these patients. It's a year long process. You're going to get to do a lot of cool stuff, some stuff that you never thought you're going to want, you were going to be able to do. And uh, it's, a, it's a process, step by step. Um, the final thing, too, is that, um, you know, a lot of times as a fellow, you really want to do everything from day one. And, and that's normal, but many of your attendings won't let you do that. Um, I know most programs and academic centers uh, – try to follow an algorithm where maybe the first three months you're only allowed to do X. And then maybe you're allowed to try doing LAMS or Axios procedures the second half of the first semester, if you will. Um, you know, whatever there, whatever methods your programs have, there's a, there's a reason behind it. And um, some people like to follow a structured learning protocol. Others, like in our program, I, I, I approach it differently because, you know, I don't know how many axios placements we're going to get or how many gallbladder drainages we're going to get in a year. So my goal is just let the fellow do everything from day one, with the, with the exception of procedures I haven't done myself. You know, for example, if, 
we just started doing portal pressure measurement. And um, my current fellow, he's, uh, he's doing them, but had he been in his first six months, I probably wouldn't allow him to do it. So, um, you know, there's a time that, and you'll get to do everything as your attendings grow to trust you. Another point to remember is not all of your attendings are going to be the same. It's just like in general GI fellowship, once again, you know, some of them are going to be a little bit more um, easygoing. Some of them are going to get, let you get away with more. Um, but most of them are going to want you to be on point. Uh, you really should get there, in my opinion. You should be there an hour, half an hour to an hour before you're attending. You should see every patient who's in the waiting or the pre-op bays. You should have all the consent signed for them. Uh, you should have reviewed all their charts, either the night before or the morning of. Obviously, there's going to be times when patients show up on the schedule and they weren't supposed to be there or, you know, the endolab wasn't notified. Or, you know, there's clerical things that happen all the time. But for the patients that are there and that you are aware of, make sure you study those patients the day before or the morning of. Approach this year, in my opinion, uh, kind of like what they say a lot about a lot of the best athletes. You want to be the first to arrive and the last to leave. Um, that's only going to make you a better therapeutic endoscopist. I know that a lot of people would disagree with me because, you know, this isn't, because, you know, the time commitment and, and the mental level of stress that you, you get as a, as a fellow. But for a therapeutic endoscopy, I, I'm not saying it because that's how I did it or that's how I was supposed to do it or whatever. I'm saying it because truly you have one year. It goes by quick. You got a lot to learn. You need to maximize your time. You're sacrificing probably a high six, mid to high six figure salary that many of your general GI colleagues are going to get, and you're going to be making a high five-figure salary. You're giving up one year of really earning a lot of income for yourself for, for something that you love. So my advice is because you love it that year, go all out. You know, Be there early, stay late. Uh, it's, all this is common sense. Most of you guys who are listening to this, if you are listening to this, um already kind of uh, uh, functional with that mindset. I think, I think also um, take the opportunity to try to go to any uh, conferences that they let you go to. Uh, in my personal opinion, DDW is a better one than ACG for a therapeutic endoscopist. Of course, that is towards the end of your fellowship. Um, also, Boston Scientific does sponsor a... Um, a passport uh, program. Uh, it's it's where they have three separate courses, one on ERCP, one on EUS, and I believe the third one's on tissue resection. Uh, this year, I'll, I'm actually very lucky to have been asked to be one of the uh, faculty for the ERCP and cholangioscopy uh, section. So uh, I'll probably give you my thoughts on that course after after we participate in August 11th for this, this fellows who are starting, uh, who have started actually uh, last week. But um, also I think one more thing is in, is over this next year, 
really reach out to your reps. Try to get invited to as many courses as you can. Most of those are going to be free for you, uh, whether they're ERCP or EUS or tissue resection courses that Boston Scientific or, or uh, Olympus or Wilson Cook or whomever it is sponsors it. Do your best to get out there. Also, make friends with those reps and ask them to introduce you to the reps where you're going to be training. Um, obviously, if you're training in your home parent institution, it's a lot easier. And, uh, you know, that should be pretty straightforward for you. Pay it forward. Um, for all the people who mentored you, uh, take that challenge and become a mentor for somebody else. Thank your mentors. Thank you. Thank the people who actually wrote your letters of recommendation and who, you know, helped you discover that you wanted to be a therapeutic endoscopist. Look for an area that you're most interested in. And on one of the previous, a couple of the previous podcasts, I talked about how my personal opinion is that in the future, uh, it won't be enough to be a therapeutic endoscopist. It's going to be, you know, you're going to subspecialize in bariatric or endohepatology or or something along those lines. Um, We'll start this, this last year of your general GI fellowship before you start your fourth year. Learn what it is that makes you tick. Are you really more passionate about endohepatology or are you more passionate about tissue resection? Or simply put, are you just loving biliary procedures? Um, it's okay to be a general therapeutic endoscopist, but it makes it a lot easier if you've got this area of focus because then you can start trying to light your ducks in a row to you know, make your next year as fruitful as possible. So really uh, focus on those things. And I won't make this a very long podcast, but congratulations again to those of you who matched. And for those who didn't, it's okay. Try again. If you truly love the field, it'll work for you. It's not a bad thing to have to take a job as an attending for one or two years and make really ridiculously good money and then, you know, retry again. It's actually going to be harder after making good money to go back to being a fellow again, but If you love it, you'll make that sacrifice. So, um, again, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, really get engaged with ASGE and and fight. And um, also take care of yourself mentally. For those of you who are listeners of this podcast, you know that my last thing is always talking about mental health. Um, And this year is going to be stressful. It's going to be stressful on you. It will be stressful on your significant other. It might be stressful on your kids. Because you're going to be working a lot, and and you should be working a lot. You're you're taking a big financial hit to learn something, so you need to learn it out, learn it properly. But um, it is going to take a toll on everybody. So really remember to take time to focus on what's important. Um, be open with your attendings. Most of the guys I've met, guys and girls I've met in this field who are educators, uh, understand how stressful this year can be. And most of them are very willing to, you know, listen when you're having a hard day or a hard month and to give you an extra day off. So honestly, I don't want to speak for them, but we've done it before for fellows who were struggling uh, or who just needed a break because they were burning out. And, you know, we just didn't count as a vacation. So just keep that in mind that, you know, talk to everybody, be open with what's going on. 
and um, take care of yourself and your family. All right, guys, thank you so much. And that's this episode. And uh, we'll release another episode um, in a few days. But thank you again for listening to this special uh, post-match podcast.